0: Welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. I'm your host, Adam Lyons, and today I am joined by John Arrow, the founder of Freedom GPT. This is huge. John, welcome to the show. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This. The podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started.
1: Adam, great to be here. I for anyone who doesn't know, what the heck is Freedom GPT? So I think everybody's played with ChatGPT in the last year, which is insane, hasn't been a year, right? November 30th is the anniversary. So in less than 12 months, we've had something just kind of revolutionize the world. I don't know about you, but the first time I tried out ChatGPT, I had this almost visceral reaction when it told me, oh, the question I was asking, I shouldn't be asking, or gave me some type of sanitized prompt. Yep. So it had this chilling effect. It almost felt this, this sense of judging,
0: right? Well, and, and I'll tell you what mine was, because yeah. as you know, I own a Dungeons and Dragons shop downstairs. And one of the first things I thought of was it'd be really cool to write some unique stories. And so I was trying to get it to write battle-type stories. Okay. And it told me the stories were too violent. Were they? I, no, I mean, they definitely <laughs> had elements of violence. It's Dungeons and Dragons, you're yeah. fighting dragons, you know, like, that's the whole point. It's like, you know, I wanted to tell a story of, of attacking a dragon with a sword and... But like the they it literally was like hey just so you know like this is a bit too violent like we don't do that kind of content, and that's when I realized like man this is fiction like I read I read books like this as a kid Lord of the Rings packed with this kind of violence like that it wasn't excessive violence it wasn't like you know Mortal Kombat esque which is very uh, but yeah but it, it definitely had an issue with it and that's when I realized wow. There is censorship on this thing, and
1: it's it's amazing because it seems like as the capability is increasing of AI, the censorship is following lockstep. And so, Freedom GPT is essentially an app store for AI, and we have censored models in there. We have uncensored models there. Every week, twenty thousand new models come out. Nobody really hears about. Them. You go to Hugging Face. It's insane. It's about twenty thousand a week. That,
0: and most people think there's only one
1: right most people think ai is chat GBT. yeah and for a lot of people that that's 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 what it really is because that's all that they that they use which is kind of a scary thing because that's a lot of power in the hands of one company and free gpt we wanted to decentralize that we said let's give access to all of these different publishers all of these different ais and show them that there's different ways to interact with this new technology so for anyone who wants to just get a very simplified version of this
0: let me let me explain it to you and hopefully i'll, I'll, I'll do it justice I want you to imagine that um, ChatGPT is not the only AI, it is one, and it is the most popular one because it was the one that most people spoke about. Uh, There's a rule of first, it came first, or at least it was known as being first. It technically wasn't first, but it's the one everyone knew about, so it gets the benefit of that. If ChatGPT um, and OpenAI is the main one, FreedomGPT is like a robot without a brain. But what you have are downloadable brains, so you can choose the brain that you want inside your your GPT, as it were, Freedom GPT. So there's the Liberty GPT model, which is uncensored, straight to the point. Uh, Scarlet, I believe is the other one, is that correct? So Medusa is Medusa, text image one. The text image, the text image um, it, the, oh, Medusa is, I'm sorry, yes, correct. Uh, But name Scarlet. There is a Scarlet. There is a Scarlet. That's the empathy
1: empathy one, right? Scarlet. We do have a Scarlet one. That's not as popular, but that's that's that is another.
0: Yeah. So I loved it because the Scarlet one that you guys have is a uh, psychological and empathy based Mm -hmm. personality model. So that's more human, right? uh, Which I think is really really cool. So the idea is each of these brains
1: can be plugged in to Freedom GPT. That's exactly right. And I think that's what's so fascinating about it is there's a ton of different use cases with how people are wanting to use this. Today we have seven models. We're gonna have 70 by the end of the year. We're hoping we have 70,000 next year. That's incredible. So,
0: you know, what I like about this, and and I think this is one of the things that came up. I did a talk yesterday for, uh, we're in Bastrop, the Bastrop Chamber of Commerce, where one of the concerns that one of the members said I think was very valid is, will my opinions matter anymore? In a world where everyone is going to AI for for the the opinion they should have, where that opinion might be censored and forced, will their opinion matter? And what I love about Freedom GPT is not only are you getting the ability to have an opinion, you can have a flavor of AI. And you can say, this is the kind of brain I want in my AI. like Because I'm thinking, you know, we, you know it, we, we live in a world right now where even the identity of masculine and feminine is being questioned. And when you think about um, Scarlet um, as the, the brain um, and uh, liberty, we think about these two models, I can see a very logical masculine type would say, I really want liberty. I want my facts. I want them to the point. And I can see someone who leans more towards their feminine side is gonna say, I want a more emotional response. I want something that has a lot more knowledge about empathy and how that translates. And that's what I want my approach to be based on. And at Freedom GPT, you have the option to interact with the AI that you want. Um, To borrow from Marvel movies, uh, obviously in Marvel, we have Jarvis, which is the the AI that, that most people are familiar with. And what's fascinating is when you think about the movies, you don't really idolize the fact that Jarvis knows everything. What you idolize is the personality and interaction between Iron Man and Jarvis. And it's that unique personality that means something, which ChatGPT is missing, but
1: FreedomGPT has. I think that's what's so fascinating about this time is that you have this massive fragmentation. It's not just us that's releasing new models, it's not just OpenAI. Elon's got his new model with Grok that's that's got that great new spicy um, mentality. And the point is, everyone's going to need to find the AIs that work for them. Yes. What gets me concerned is when people say to you, Adam, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you have these personalities. We're not going to let you have this AI that uh, maybe we think gives the wrong answers. That's that's when things get scary. Mm -hmm. And right now, um, the one good thing about it is that it's pretty obvious. Like if you ask it about global warming, you ask it about masks, I'm not going to give any reaction on either way of those issues, but it will kind of refuse to answer that. And so it's pretty obvious where it gets dangerous is when it, it becomes insidious and you're not sure that it's censoring or not.
0: Well, and I think, you know, this, this, uh, this goes to a really good point here and, um, you know, to try not to get too political. Uh, I'm, I'm English. I'm American, I am I, American. I actually have an American passport. I'm an American citizen. And I have lived in Africa and many other parts of what I've lived in France. So I am, I view myself as international. I've traveled to lots of different places. The news in different countries is very, very different. I think everyone's aware of that, but unless you've lived in another country and seen the unfiltered version of the news, you're still seeing a filtered version by the country that you're in. Why this is important is because up until last year, our information was primarily gained from search engines where you would be given an array of answers And as a human, you had a skill set of going through the different answers, understanding that maybe one of the later answers might be more accurate because the earlier answers are sponsored or have search engine optimization. And you would train yourself to go and look and curate answers to find your version of the truth. We're already seeing a decline in people asking questions on Google or YouTube when you can just go to your AI platform of choice and ask a question and get the answer. Not a collection of 50 that you choose from, the answer. And the more you rely on that and don't question what you're being told, you will get to a point where you genuinely believe that you have the answer. And that is where things become very dangerous because you're no longer questioning, you're accepting, which is fine in an uncensored model that is genuinely curating a wide array of information but that's a problem when you have a model where someone is saying, this answer is not allowed
1: to be given. And it becomes even an increasing problem when there isn't consensus, where you have different models saying different things. Um, you know. To the credit of what you were talking about with all of the news publications, it's fantastic that we can jump between the two and, and, and see differences. I've noticed though, at least in the United States, there's been kind of a convergence on, on, on certain stories. And if you look at why countries are looking to regulate AI in the way that they are, it's that exact reason. It's giving one specific answer, and it's not kind of giving their answer. If you look in Italy, Italy banned chat GPT for a while. The EU is looking to do something similar there. In China, they don't allow people to run. In the U.S., we're already regulating um, H100 and A100 exporting of GPUs, right? And so you're going to see this massive intensification of that regulation starting. And beyond that, even if you can use it, you kind of wonder, where does that go? When I ask that question, what's happening? Well, with ChatGPT, it's going on a server somewhere and uh, you don't really know. I mean, it's if you read their privacy policy, maybe you have privacy, maybe you don't. The only way you can ensure you have privacy is if it stays on your computer. And that's why Core started at GPT is we have a desktop version. People can download that completely free to use the free models. And you know that your information never leaks Egypt. This is crazy, by the way.
0: When I first heard about ChatGPT, so we've spoken about this, I'm a futurist. I always like predicting what's gonna come next. Within a month of using uh, ChatGPT, I said, they're gonna ban or regulate this. And the answers I get today will not be as good in five years time. It was one of the first thoughts I had. It was the same with the original internet versus the internet that we use today. And so I looked at my buddy and said, we need to download this right now, get it on a computer that we lock in a wardrobe and never touch unless we really need it. And my buddy looked at it and said, I don't know, this looks like it's going to be a really complicated task. It's going to be very expensive to do.
1: But you did it. Well, we did it, but we had a lot of help. We have a massive open source community that contributes to Freedom GPT. We, we stood on the shoulders of giants to get this thing done. And it couldn't exist without that. When we started the idea of taking a large language model and putting it onto a desktop computer, people laughed at you. Yeah, they said there's no way you can do that.
0: Pretty much what my uh, buddy did, yeah. <laughs> and it,
1: it's absolutely amazing the progress that's been made in in the course of a year. You went from probably uh, a hardware requirement of a ten million dollar computer to to something where you could go to Best Buy, buy that computer now, and run a pretty decent LLM. And,
0: and, and this is great. Like for, for everyone listening, like I, I would strongly urge you. Even if you're pro chat GPT and you don't really care about freedom GPT, download it anyway and put it on a hard drive just to have it. Just so that in 10 years time, mm-hmm. if you do end up in a situation where you wish you had access to until today, AI, you have it. You can still get it. You can still get the combined knowledge of the majority of, uh, of humanity.
1: Oh, I love the way you put that. The combined knowledge of humanity. and It's good to have a backup because yeah. when you don't have the internet, that's one of the things that I've really loved hearing stories about people is it's not for everyone that's downloading chat, Freedom GPT. It's not about the uncensorship necessarily or the privacy. It's being able to access the internet when you're kind of on a flight and don't have internet. You can type in a question and get an answer. Or if you live somewhere where there's sporadic internet connectivity, you can get that. And we love Chat GPT. We love Anthropic. an investor in Anthropic. We like all of the models out there. We just believe that people should have access to each and every one. It'd be similar to when electricity was rolled out, right? Do you prefer AC current or DC current? kind just like what keeps my lights on, right? I don't really care about yeah. that, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's that significant too. I think it is like the electrification of America or of the world. And to deny people access to that just seems so great. Um humanity's gonna be better off because of this stuff. I just want to make sure people have access to it.
0: I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my my American card. I'm British but I'm also American because of my possible so I'm gonna totally pull my card here. And I want to make an analogy that everyone in America should really think about right now. I want you to ask yourself What is power? Are guns power? Or is knowledge power? So we need to think about that question. I'm not telling you how to answer it. Mm. I just want you to really contemplate those two things. And then I want you to ask yourself, which one of those two things would you want regulated? Which one? Would you want both regulated? Would you want one? Would you want neither? I need to just think about that. And then I'm going to remind you that of the two, one of them is already regulated, heavily. And that's scary, that there are already regulations in place to prohibit the knowledge you're allowed to gain through ChatGPT, and worse, FreedomGPT is already shadow banned on social media. So for those of you guys that aren't familiar with the shadow ban, it means if you write a post that contains the words "freedom GPT" on social media, that post will not get anywhere near the visibility of anything else you write. And if you write about it enough, your account will stop getting visibility overall compared to anything else you write. So this is beyond just the AI itself being uncensored. Talking about the fact it exists can end up with you being censored. Like when we created this show we specifically did not write words freedom gpt anywhere knowing that if the word freedom gpt turns up the social media algorithm will prevent people from seeing and that's scary It,
1: it is and i love the question that you asked comparing guns to information because i mean if you think about why freedom exists it exists because of technology the moment that um one society has you know greater technology than the other it can wage war with it right the reason Thank God that Israel is able to defend itself as they have that iron dome, right? If they didn't have that, there would be rockets raining down right now. And so for the audience, it's November 7th, 2023, we're we're in the middle of a war, we're coming up on the anniversary of ChatGPT, but I'm so grateful that that America and our allies have sufficient technology that they they can kind of prevent that from happening. If you start to take away people's access to AI, that is a weapon that can be used against them. And that's where the real danger is I think of AI, come in is when one group gets access and another doesn't. And you speak to the shadow banning that's happening right now. You know, for, fortunately, the only place that it seems to be really banned right now is on Facebook and Meta. If you use freedomgpt.com, you can't send the message. You cannot use it anywhere. Twitter allows us now. They did kick us off briefly, but um, that was for an, one of our models called Twitter GPT that was a little bit more <laughs> okay, controversial. I went viral and that when you know Twitter is allowing us now to, to be used. But it's crazy that some things can't be discussed, right? And you have to ask yourself, why is that? What is the reasoning behind that? And if you say something completely crazy that's not true, people don't really care. If you say the world's flat, nobody's going to censor you on social media. The times when you get censored is when you say something that seems like it could be believed or is true, and it threatens people in power. I think that's what's happening with Freedom GPT right now. Is that people are concerned that this will give AI to the masses? I, I had
0: a, a really good um, disagreement with a staff member mm. uh, many, many years ago about whether people should have freedom speech. Mm. And uh, he was a British guy and uh, also an American. Um, so we're both two British guys in America working together. And um, he firmly believed in censorship of freedom of speech. Yeah. He believed there were subjects that should not be discussed in public. And um, we had many, many discussions about this. And I finally got him to agree with me. And it's when I said one thing. I said, look, I want you to imagine that right now there was a staff member who more than anything wanted to come into this room and blow us all up. And that's what he wanted to do really bad. But the act of discussing his desire to blow us all up was against the rules. So he's not going to discuss it. And instead, he's just going to do whatever he wants to do. I was like, I just want to ask you, would you rather he had the ability to discuss it, was encouraged to discuss that feeling, yeah, or would you rather he was not allowed to discuss it and he had to deal with it himself?
1: What an excellent point. I mean, there's this notion that if you stop somebody from saying something, you stop someone from thinking of it. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Obviously, there's a ton of unpleasant things about the First Amendment, right? It means that you end up with hate speech, you end up with offensive things, you end up with annoying things. There's a ton to hate about it. But it is very important for one reason, and that's that it keeps us from all killing each other. And any, gives it gives you information. Yes. You know who your enemies are. You know
0: who is planning doing bad things. Like, you can hear it, and it is unpleasant to hear. Yeah. But and any, you've got to hear it.
1: Any nation that doesn't allow the government to be criticized won't be a government for that long. And if you look at kind of what's going on with American universities right now and why there's kind of this uptick in the anti-Semitism there, I think a lot of it was because freedom of speech has not been allowed on the campus. And so it's really important that if you know, people are saying bad things that we're aware of, I mean, it lets you kind of identify who those people are. And so you think about why people want to block it today. I think a lot of it is because they're afraid that, that people will think it. And ultimately, you can still think whatever, even even if you're not allowed to say it.
0: Well, and find people that also think alike with you. Who will talk to you behind closed doors in rooms that nobody can listen to? And then you end up with this, um, uh, sort of like you know, sounding board where they're bouncing off mm-hmm. of each other and creating these very, very far abstract, uh, ideals right. that get incredibly toxic. So, yeah, so I agree 100%. And, and like you said, it might be unpleasant to hear these things, mm-hmm. but it does allow you to deal with it as opposed to it being unpleasant. And because it's happened, mm-hmm. because someone's decided to do it. Here's, here's what I think is really fascinating is when you end up in a world like this one, where the predominant platform for AI is censored mm-hmm. and discussing the uncensored version is shadowed. You have an arms race between two forms of information available to the public, one of which has a massive advantage because it can be discussed Mm -hmm. and that one of course favors certain people because they can control the information uh you know again i would say the same to everyone here would you want to use the ai that has one brain and only thinks one way or do you like the idea of having an ai that is a hollow shell that you can add the brain in
1: that you want it to have so it communicates better with you. Right. And the crazy thing is that we don't talk about censoring the keyboard. Keyboard will let you type literally any word, right? You could type some extremely awful, horrible, um, illegal things on there, but no, but whenever you try to use a keyboard, it still lets you do that, right? When the Gutenberg printing press got invented in the 1400s, um, they could have kept certain things from being printed. Right, not gonna allow it. No one needs the letter F. It's just Only can lead to bad things if we allow the letter F. And yet right now people are talking about that with AI. There's some interesting distinction there. I think that's what's the really concerning thing is this automatic visceral reaction to we shouldn't allow new technology, right? And right? you kind of get this with every single paradigm. With the internet, we had it, but there's something here that's greater than what I've ever seen before. I think it scares people. It scares people that they're gonna lose their jobs to AI. It scares people that these things could be more powerful than nuclear weapons. And it scares people that, um, they might find truths that they didn't want to hear. Yeah, I I, I agree hundred percent. I um I, I want to
0: make a a really important analogy again uh, as a European who lives in America. Um, so you don't know this, but my my family, uh, they are uh, part. of My family is from Ukraine. Oh wow! And so I'm twenty five percent. Yeah, thank you. And um, as a person with Ukrainian heritage, I have friends in Ukraine. Um, I don't have family there anymore. My family passed, but and old age, but I have friends there. And so I am very aware that pre the invasion of Ukraine from Russia, they were anti-guns. No one was allowed guns. They were a zero-gun population. That's how they were. Um, when Russia invaded Ukraine, I decided to do something about it. I took all my marketing knowledge and I created a campaign and I generated over half a million dollars for orphans in Ukraine. I decided that I wanted uh, to do something. I didn't want to just sit back. I spent 10 days of my life. I stopped doing any other work. And I just helped generate money specifically for orphanages mm. because I didn't want to side one way or the other on the conflict. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help the people I knew were going to have their funding stopped because the Ukrainian government could not afford to fund the orphanages anymore. Mm-hmm. In doing so, I ended up talking to a lot more Ukrainians than I normally would. Mm-hmm. And 100% overnight, they all shifted sense. And they said, every citizen of Ukraine must have a gun must always have a gun wish they had trained with a gun and wish they had always had a gun because the argument was always in a civilian situation we don't need guns and why do we need guns to protect ourselves from our own government the threat is always from the place you least expect the invasion of russia in ukraine was something none of the Ukrainians, very few of the Ukrainians, predicted happening so therefore they didn't think they would ever need a gun um that argument, to me, is the strongest argument for why America should have guns. Combined with one other, which is that the Japanese said one of the most dangerous things during World War II about America, is you have to assume behind every rock and every tree is an American with a gun. And that is one of the the things that terrified Japan the most in World War II. Um, and to this day, that is the same. Behind every tree and every rock in America, there is probably an American with a gun. Uh, which makes up a massive military force without having any soldiers, just Americans. Um, With uh, relation to what I said earlier on about information, do you want to live in a world where the information to Americans is restricted but is
1: unrestricted to other countries? I think the answer to that question depends on do you believe there are more good people in the world or bad people? Because if there's more good, bad guys are going to get the dangerous stuff anyways. In Chicago, you're not allowed to have guns, but for some reason, there there's more students there than anywhere else, right? And so the bad guys are going to figure out how to get the bad things and use them for bad purposes. If you believe that there's more good people in the world, which I do, do we should give them the best technology. That's ultimately how we keep the arms race at bay. It's the same with firearms as it is with any technology, AI included. Can AI be weaponized? Absolutely. It will be probably one of the most important weapons of the remainder of this century. Um, And hopefully will allow us to see the next century.
0: Yeah. And and anyone that doesn't understand the power of that information, it's not just knowledge, it's knowledge of behavior. That's the fact we've got AI doing trading because trading is essentially predicting human behavior. And the ai is doing the trading because it's better about predicting human behavior if you've seen ads online and you're like wow those ads match something i was talking about that's because the algorithm the ai algorithm has predicted your behavior found the things you're most likely to buy whoever has the ai has the knowledge of your behavior they know what you're gonna do next you know because we talk about oh this company's got my data that company's got my data what are they doing with that data they're not emailing you, they probably are, but that's not the reason. They are learning your behavior. I uh, think Walgreens has the new uh, the new advertising screens over the fridges. Have you seen those? I've seen those. Do you know about the cameras installed in them?
1: No, I don't know about- They you. just
0: did an expose on this. There's a camera installed in them. Ah. They're watching what product you're looking at to see if that correlates to what you buy. Wow. And they're altering the packaging to see which packaging you re- react to so they can take that data to alter the packaging to make sure you're more likely to buy theirs. So they know what place in the fridge your most like is purchased and what color that packaging should be and actually be designed. So those those screens, because they said they are not as effective as a window. The window is the better method of identifying what's inside the fridge. Because <laughs> what's printed on that screen isn't always accurate. But that's because it isn't for you. It's to read your behavior to help you purchase more inside or,
1: and that's such an intimate thing to look at somebody's eyes and their purchase tracking decision of what they want and you know now now imagine you know ai which should be an extension of your mind right you go to google and you type in a search query you send a text message to a friend you kind of hope that that isn't exposed anywhere but you kind of know that it probably is right right all of a sudden when you're when you're prompting chat gbt or any llm out there or you're enabling voice to let it listen to you and give you recommendations along the way if you're wondering where is that information going, is it going to be used to my benefit or in some nefarious way? You're going to be less or lo- less likely to use it, right? And, and we have to ensure that privacy, just just in the same way that no government can subpoena your brain. We need to allow, I think, AI to have some type of privilege. It should be like talking to an attorney.
0: I I agree 100. percent And um, I, I, at least some my, my background is psychology mm-hmm. and um, the inner voice that we have out mm. it, It's it's a branch of psychology believes that we don't have one voice and we have four. Hmm. And one of those voices is very impulsive. One of those voices is very negative. One of those voices is made up of things we've heard. And the other voice is our ability to process and problem solve all of those things. If we get to a point where we can read the mind and read what people think and we judge them based on their thoughts, I hope you get the right one of those four voices. Because, you know, there are, you know and if you've ever had a bad day and you're like, everything today sucks, I'm very angry at everybody. I hope that's not the day that your thoughts are being read, right? Because now we have a real issue. And when we're monitoring things like eye movement, facial recognition, we've got the uh, FACS uh, system from Paul Ekman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if you know this, but there is a software being built right now that can actually analyze the FACS via AI on a video camera and tell somebody watching it or an AI what your emotions are at that moment. And because the emotions register on the face faster than the human who's registering them is aware they have the emotion. Micro-expressions. Yeah. micro micro-expression, yeah. The AI will know your emotion before you do. And that, that exists today. That's known and the technology exists today Paul Ekman has proven countless times that you can read somebody's emotions before they know they're about to have it. You could be punished. We're moving into Minority Report. You could be punished (laughs) before you have even thought of doing something. Or at least you could be judged for it, maybe punished. But that's what happens when you have cameras that watch your eye movement to predict your behavior and analyze it. And you live in a world where AI has censorship. Mm -hmm. Which is why I think what what you're doing with Freedom GPT is so important and educating people on understanding the importance of having it. And for me, I don't actually think it's competition. Um, Like, uh, for example, I have Photoshop and I have Canva. They are two completely different pieces of software for two completely different types of editing. Um, I have my iPhone that natively edits pictures. And there is a chance I'll edit something in Canva, something in Photoshop or something in my iPhone depending on what I'm doing. If I need something done very quickly and I don't need to make any big graphical changes, I'm going to do it in my iPhone. It's going to be done very fast. It won't be as good as the other two apps, but it will be done. If I need to create text, graphics, layouts, graphic design, I'm going to use Canva. The quick, easy drag and drop elements, move everything faster. I can still edit an awesome photo like I would do on my iPhone. If I need something very precise, something very specific, something that Canva's automated drag and drop won't do, I'm going to go into Photoshop and I'm going to really focus and dial in and get it done. Three different tools that will do the same thing. It should not be, which one am I going to use? That would be like asking me, am I going to use a hammer, a screwdriver, or a pair of pliers for the rest of my life? Pick one.
1: Right, yeah. right exactly. Have you ever been working on something in Photoshop, maybe a meme or something, or has this ever happened where Photoshop says, no, I'm not going to let you make that. So <laughs> right. pop up and say, "Say, Adam, no, you're not, this is not an approved image. Right? right. Um, well with dolly mid journey stable diffusion right now if you try to do a political meme if you try to do something uh maybe for a horror movie or something or it'll yeah. say nope i'm not going to produce that image tough luck yeah. what a chilling effect that just because it's easier we're going to say you know you're not going to be able to make that yeah i um, i actually i had
0: this i was working on a film script um so it's something i really love doing with uh with ai is playing film scripts. Mm. Uh, actually how i found freedom gpt oh cool yeah so um i was uh, i was working on a film script with a buddy just coming up with some concepts and one of the concepts we had was um a lady who worked in a red light district mm. who ends up uh, dealing with the seedy underbelly and has to fight you know, mm. become a heroine um and and she's exposed to it because of that and uh, as we were describing some of the scenes chat gpt said it looks like you're discussing uh, scenes of an adult and explicit nature mm. um hopefully this is an error otherwise i I mean, exactly what i said but basically like you cannot do this and i'm like i can't make a movie about an adult performer an adult entertainer. like that's not allowed i was like because um you know there's the the new movie came out uh, red lights in soho or something it just came night life in soho it just came out and that's kind of like the inspiration I was like, that's a good idea cuz i i grew up in that area in london i was like that's a good scene like a good thing to base it on but no chat gpt was like Essentially, you
1: cannot use this tool for that work. Feels like the, you know, China, China came up with that or something. Like, what, a, what just like a, of a, you know, chilling thing to see on a screen. And it, it hurts creativity because it inhibits the other thoughts that you have, right? And you're like, who else is watching that? Like, maybe it didn't generate that, but where did that report go? Are you on some lists now, right? If you right. do that too many times, will they restrict access to chat GPT? I don't know, but you shouldn't have to think about that. Um, and what's even scarier right now, I think, with you know, Freedom GPT has a ton of advocates, but we also have a ton of op- opponents. We've gotten more hate mail than you can imagine over this, and so much so that our web hosts have canceled us over and over again. So they basically said, "Look, we don't want to be hosting the cloud version of Freedom GPT. Obviously, the desktop version they can't they can't shut that off. Of um, but the cloud version, we have had to jump from web host to web host, and so we realized that we're gonna have to go decentralized. This is the
0: point, John, where uh, you and me become best friends, you see, mm, because Ah. Just a stretch a bit here. Um, I've been a dating coach for eighteen years. Amazing. And one of the first things to get censored off the internet mm-hmm. was dating advice. Wow. Specifically, the word seduction. Um, it's one of it was once upon a time one of the top keywords that men would look for. Mm-hmm. How can I get better at seduction? How can I seduce people? Um, the reason for this is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I work with male dating coaches and female dating yep. coaches. I ran a survey to a list of fifty thousand women. And said, which of these words best represent the way you would like a man to show interest in you? Mm. And it was like, make love to you, show interest, be attractive. And seduced was the 75% majority favorite. I want to be seduced mm. by a man. Yeah. Because it sounds good. But that word is bad. So, um, we had videos on Vimeo. We had videos on Wistia. We had websites. And one by one, just like you, we were told, no content about seduction is allowed. And we got banned, so we started our own web hosting company. Fascinating! And our web hosting company has zero censorship. Nice. And if you want to store it somewhere, yeah. And we're actually cheaper than everyone as well.
1: Incredible! And we got you. So awesome. There we go. That's I think we're I- going to need more and more of that because what's going to happen gotcha. is the pressure is going to intensify. Governments are basically going to say we're going to ban these IPs. We're going to not allow them to exist, and it's it's horrible. Speaking of AI and data, I think that's a fascinating um, you know area. So, I, I knew um, Tynan from, from from the game yes, yes, uh, yes, real yes. well, Herbal, AKA Herbal, yeah. right? Oh, so, I got to see all that grow, you know, while he was doing that. And if uh, you think about what AI is going to do in dating, I think you're going to see the, the censorship intensify dramatically because there's some great things that can be do- done. You see AI taking over people's online dating profiles. So, and, we're,
0: we're already doing it. So, we yeah. still have our dating companies. Okay. We have like 16 different companies. Yeah. The dating company we still have, we actually trained uh, a sequence of prompts because I've been producing dating content for 18 years, mm-hmm. um, AI knows my content and can write like me. So we have a sequence of prompts that will help it identify my best content uh, and it can answer dating questions like me. Be like, Adam would normally say this, Adam would normally say that. Great. And we can have it, uh, we actually have a thing where we teach people how to create a dating profile using it in the way that we suggest. Cool. Yeah, it's really fun. But again, it's something that at the moment, weirdly, um, ChatGPT is fine with it. Yeah. At the moment. But dating gets banned real quick everywhere, so it it, it does. And I,
1: I, you know, I'm hoping OpenAI will become more flexible and realize these things should be allowed. The, the developer conference was two days ago, and I watched this, watched it. I encourage everybody to watch that who hasn't seen it yet. It was really the iPhone moment for AI. One of the things they talked about was this new concept of GPTs, so where you can go create your own custom LLM really quick. It'd be just fascinating to take all of your content, yeah, and, and you know, load it into one of those GPTs. And then all of a sudden, you know, thousands of people could interact with that. Or what if I create my own GPT and with the press of one button, you and I could have a five hour conversation. We could see that happen in one second. Dude, you're so funny. Um, literally on the break before we came up here. Yeah. I ran into
0: the other room with uh, my, my vice president, my wife, and my team member. I said, dude, we should create our own GPT
1: Yeah, for dating and happy. And that's, that's actually uh, the project that we can work on this weekend. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing because you can even have the real time aspect. You could have, you could go black mirror, but in a good way. Is you could see a whole conversation of two potential candidates have their GPTs talk and see what what a year looks like of those interactions.
0: I, I love that, and, and actually, it's really cool. Like I, I like it, uh, the output that we get from uh, from GPT about my methodology of dating. So, but I normally don't, don't talk about dating on this podcast, but I'll get into it. We have a three step method, okay. and the three step method is very simple. The first step is you have to be able to make friends with the kind of person you want to date, and you are not allowed to date anybody until you can secure friendships with those kind of people. Mm. So we make them identify the kind of person they want to date, which is not based on looks, it's based on hobbies, activities, things that they enjoy, um, personality types, political views. Mm. The idea is to find someone that you know, if you spent every day with them, you would really enjoy them. Mm. And you have to have three or four friends that match that criteria. Once you can maintain friendships with those kind of people, you are now ready to begin looking for someone today that matches that criteria. And that brings us to the second part, which is where you practice good conversation, listening skills, uh, making sure that you're attentive, knowing uh, the love languages, how that incorporates into relationships, knowing how to have healthy consent. It's all part of our training. And then in the third part of our training is when we can go into
1: the actual data mm. concept.
0: And I love it because ChatGBT is like, you know, Adam has an ethical method. He talks more about making good connections. With people right. and exactly. So I love that it knows that about me, yeah. which is maybe why my stuff isn't, isn't banned from it. <laughs> but, but the blanket words that we... Right like on other platforms were, but it was why to us it was so important to have our own hosting so that our stuff cannot be taken
1: down. Right, and that's been paramount. Well, well speaking of point two that you raised around communication, that 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 just brings up this whole broader point that if you think about the future for humanity, ninety nine percent of people, person they person, the thing they interact with the most throughout a day their daily life will be an AI. It's going to happen. Right? Exactly. We interact with all of these different people in the world. And ultimately, um, there's going to be no one that you interact with more than some LLM, some some synthetic thing. And so it's extremely important that that's acting in your interest, that it's authentic, yeah. that it's what what works for you rather than what some company wants or what some government wants.
0: And, and actually, even as you say that, I probably interact more with AI than, a human, right? than any one individual.
1: Human how, often do you, how often do you think you use... Um, Generative AI. Uh,
0: three to four hours. A day. Amazing. Yeah. Three wow. to four hours. A day. Yeah. And but I've been using it for two years. We started with uh with Jasper. Uh, of course. Um, so yeah. So we started there, and then um when ChatGPT came out, we embraced that. I mean, we try to use everything. We we're using well said like you know eighteen months ago. Okay. So we've 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 been cutting edges as best we can. Um, which is why we found you guys. And we we're like everyone needs to know about this because you built the thing that we knew because of the web hosting mm. and video hosting that we had to have something that was uh, decentralized that we
1: needed that the fact that you built it just made life so much easier because it was like okay we do this now. We that one. well i'm glad we could help We're yeah. gonna keep trying to stay true to that mission i'm glad you bring up jasper too. i think what a great austin company we're getting this kind of just confluence of amazing companies in austin Bastrop area and i feel like these are the types of companies that really can't exist in in Silicon Valley. Dude, yeah, I
0: I agree 100%. And it was great. I did a they actually brought me in for a one-day consult them, um to talk about ways to develop processes for upsells and additional revenue, which is that's really my specialty, is helping companies maximize their revenue. And um it was great. Yeah, I got to do a one day, I got to see behind the scenes. And uh, that was when that was the first time I realized that at the time, I don't know if they do now, they had no software. Interesting. They had no in-house software. Their entire team yeah. was promotional yeah. so hobby based and they were just um, using uh, APIs and outsourced temporary software developers and even AI back then to create the code. Well, it was cool. Yeah, exactly. It was really cool. That was like ahead of time. I was like, wow. It blew my brain. You know, actually I turned up and expected to do this. I was like, what's uh, going on? That was, uh, was fascinating. So, um, John, what's next for obviously 70,000 brains? What's the big future? Five years from now, What's what is Freedom GPT?
1: Okay, I mean, even zooming out for Freedom GBT, I I just feel so fortunate to be alive during this period. I mean, you're about to see the quality of life for all of humanity, I think, increase dramatically. We have concerns about jobs going away. We have concerns about the dangers of AI. I'm an optimist and I believe this is going to fundamentally improve people's quality of life on par with maybe electricity. So I think that's a that's a big thing. The next five years. Short time in history can be either incredibly wonderful or incredibly horrific. Um, Things are going to change at a cadence that we've never seen before, and the only way that we can ensure that those five years are positive and productive, and that we're better then than we are now, I think, is that many people, as many people as possible, need to start using this technology to to be on the same page. Be on the same page. The danger is when you get these inequities, right? When somebody. When somebody gets laser guns and somebody else is, you know, using catapults, do you know that that did happen in history? Not laser
0: guns specifically. Uh, uh. But it's one of one of my favorite things. Um, so I'm a history nerd. I'm a massive nerd. Um, magic swords. Okay, they did exist. Explain. So the Vikings were traders predominantly, and they traded with Persia and um, areas near Iraq, that kind of area, yeah. and they gained stainless steel. And so, when they were fighting against people with iron weapons and they had stainless steel swords, they were unstoppable. And there is a lot of evidence, there are documentaries on this, that the Vikings definitely were using advanced technology in their swords compared to everyone else. And the most likely rate is the spice trading they were doing. Um, they don't have direct evidence that that's probably where it was. And stainless steel weapons would often have these runes down mm-hmm. the blade, almost like a, a stack. This is, and it was probably made by like one or two blacksmiths that knew how to make stainless steel. So you end up in a scenario where the Vikings legitimately had magical swords. If they hit somebody else's armor or sword, it would just go into it and destroy it. And uh, it's a great thing to look into, but what happened? Well, what happened is thousand years later, we still view the Vikings as this incredible, unstoppable force of nature that could destroy everyone whenever they wanted. Because they could, because they had a technology that other people didn't have, and that's AI.
1: I think we're seeing the magic swords again. It's that 100. It's a dangerous time to be a luddite. If you if you want to just go back to when AI didn't exist, that's not a possibility now. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of this. A lot of the the, the press is going to say how AI is bad. You're going to start hearing about it being used in ways that are that shouldn't be used. You're going to start seeing it you know, talked about in a way that people want to avoid. And that's sticking our heads in the sand right now is, is the last thing that we should do.
0: I'll give you a, a, a use case right now of something that we did. Um, a, a gentleman came to me he had a problem. He paid somebody $60,000 to revamp their website. Mm-hmm. And uh, the website killed all of their SEO links, mm-hmm. killed all their traffic. It was made really, really badly. The guy apologized, attempted to fix it. New website is ugly, doesn't do anything that he wants. And unfortunately, the $60,000 was a big hit. Mm -hmm. And because it also killed lease and revenue, the company is now not upside down, but it's struggling. And they're in a bad way. So he came to me and said, if you were going to fix it, what would you do? He hired me for a one-day consultation. I looked over everything and naturally popped everything into AI and got a report where it looked at the website and pulled out everything that was wrong with the website in a single click. And um, so I told the guy, look, to fix it. We're going to look at this amount of money which was more than the previous person did. Um, but we knew we'd be using AI to do it. And he said, look, I'm gonna be real with you. I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. He's like, how about I give you equity in my seven figure company? And I said, sure. So talking about that magical Mm source, what I could do in a couple of clicks on AI in a single day gained me equity in a seven figure company that wasn't in a position to pay the fee after somebody else, the Luddite, as you said, charged a lot of money and failed. Every time, right now, I take a company's website and ask AI to do an analysis of the website for me, it points out 20, 30 huge errors, like missing H1 tags, mm-hmm. so uh, you know missing robots.txt files, like just things that Google needs to be able to even index the website, not to mention marketing systems and everything missing. A year ago, that would cost a lot of money to get that kind of report, that accurate, and have all the systems fix it. Today, I can do it in a day. Wow. And that's worth a lot of money to somebody. So, as a com- competition, me versus any other agency that isn't doing this, I'm fighting with a magic sword. No kidding. Yes, yeah. that. Yeah. So they they have to do this. John, this is incredible. So, where should someone go if they want to download this and get it? Because you should definitely download it, even if you just put it on.
1: Yeah, right. So, a lot of places to get Freedom GBT, and it's an open source project. So, if you want to download it on a computer, you want a safe download? Go to freedomgpt.com. There's other people who've hosted it, have done different branches with it. So it just depends, you know, what you want to do with it. We encourage people to edit it. If you want to use it in the cloud, you have that option too. That's paid because we have hosting costs. If you want to use it for free, download it from freedomgpt.com. Amazing,
0: guys. John Arrow, that's it from us here at Smart Businesses. Do this. Now if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com/ebook to grab a free copy and I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.